Coming up on episode eight, we've gotten multiple requests to get to know our musical tastes more. Apparently our fans are just as batshit crazy as we are. <laughs> this is First Chorus Verse. Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse. With me, as always, is the extremely sexy Sven Knutsen. Sven, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty fantastic, and I always feel like I need to come up with some nice, awesome... You, you're always so complimentary in my introduction. I live to give, Sven. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I got this week, I, I mean, I was going to throw something back your way, and all I got this week is how much you sound like a god with that new microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. It's this beautiful new mic that I have, and yeah, it is It is very beautiful. SM7B. If you, if you are a vocalist or a recording talker person, this is, it's expensive, but... It's expensive for a reason. This thing kicks ass. So we are, uh, we're at episode eight. We're doing something a little bit different this time. I've gotten a couple people with requests slash topic advice, I guess I should say, saying, you know, what you should do is you should have some episodes where you talk about your personal taste so people can just get a feel for you. People want to get to know you, which I don't know why on earth they'd want to get to know us, but I don't know. So what we're going to do this episode is we're kind of just going to shoot the shit about our favorite bands. That's, that's pretty much it. I, I tried as hard as I could. I am a little bit of an Obsessive, compulsive, anal, plan a header, opposite of procrastinator. <laughs> a scary episode. This for drove you. me insane. But yeah, we're kind of gonna wing it a little bit. But you still put me in a box. You still put up some. I did. Damn some it. Parameters. I have a sandbox. I, I can't go out. Of, damn it. Because well, we can't. You didn't want to have like a six-hour-long episode. <laughs> no, yeah. So I figured this time we'll do bands. The parameters Sven speaks of are as such, we're not going to talk artists. So if, for example, I am a huge Beck fan, I'm a very much a Beck, but I'm not going to talk about Beck because that's an artist. He's not a band. <laughs> I do, however, and I'll ask you about this, Sven, but let's say you have somebody like Jimi Hendrix, which Jimi Hendrix was known as Jimi Hendrix, but for those that love Jimi, Jimi Hendrix was a band, a very good band. Yeah. I would cheat. I'm going to... Show my cards here, um, <laughs> because I'm probably going to bring him up, but I'm going to talk about the band The Experience, or the band of Gypsies. Yeah. Because those were the official names that they build under, even though everyone came to see Jimmy. Fantastic band, though. Yes. Mitch Mitchell on drums. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, when the band members stay very consistent, I think we can do that, no problem. This is basically just a bar convo. We're shooting the shit, we're having some drinks, Speaking of, let's get to the most important part of the episode, Sven. I think I saw a Rainier beer there. What are you, you drinking tonight? You, I just killed that. I Well, okay, I got inspired. Um, you're drinking something that might go well with this. This is from South of the Border. Oh, I, yes. I figured a, a gigantic 32-ounce Carta Blanca. Yep, 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 yep. I have not had one of those in... I'm thinking maybe like since we were hanging out. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I had one of those. Am I remembering correctly when we were hanging out and you might not remember either? Weren't you pretty big on the Mexican beers? I, I seem to remember you whenever we'd party or, or hang out and stuff, you typically bring a Corona or a Takata. Yeah, Takata was like my thing for a while. I don't know yeah, why. I, I think it was because I, I feel it like I remember cheap. that. 
Takati, like, especially in the cans, were dirt cheap. The thing, though, I never did the lime. I got into Mexican beer, but I never got into the lime thing. I, even then, I still don't, mm, I don't know about I love the, lime the lime and the beer. I still, the first official hot day of the year, I will still immediately that day buy a six-pack of Corona, and it's one of the best. And there's, like, three kinds of Corona now, right? So there's, like, the Corona Extra, the Corona the Extra Light. light. <laughs> but then there's the Corona Familiar. From what I understand, that's what you get in Mexico if you're drinking the Corona. You don't they don't have yeah. Corona Extra. Anyways, and you can taste a notable difference. There it, it tastes like beer versus the Corona Extra in the clear bottle just tastes One of these episodes we'll do Corona and we'll we'll try to know a little bit more about it. So, sorry, so, Corona. I'm not sorry anymore. They, they ever since the uh, Anheuser Busch bottom, <laughs> I don't care. Is some of it bottled in the States now as opposed I, to Mexico? I think so, because only the familiar has the um, product of Mexico little thing on the label. But yeah, to go with Sven's lovely 40 of Mexican beer, I actually went margarita tonight. Olé! I'm very, very much a traditionalist with margaritas. I don't want any crap in it. It's very simply, you put tequila in there, you put your lime juice in there, you put your triple sec, or I'm more of a Cointreau guy. Sorry, Cointreau kind of is triple sec, but I like Cointreau in my margaritas. It's a lot of, a lot of words to say that. Um, <laughs> I do the uh, the Grand Manier every now and then. Mm, yeah, I mean same yeah. concept. The the orange liqueur. Yep. What's your tequila? I saw you it's, I, I briefly. Sousa. It is not that expensive, and it's really good. I really like it in a margarita, which to me, I've always... Is that a Blanco? It's 100% blue agave. Blue agave. With margaritas, if you have a good agave, it's going to be a good margarita. And actually, another question about margaritas, very, very important. Do you salt your rims, Sven? I personally don't, but I if mm. I make them for somebody else... I either do or I'll ask. You know what I do? You know the the real classy route? Huh. The half. The half, yeah. You give them the option. There you go. I actually am more of a tequila nerd than I am a whiskey nerd. Venues are just being blown open because I love tequila. Awesome. Dude, here's something you got to try then, and then we can get back to some music or something like that. Whatever we're supposed to be talking about. We're supposed to be talking about booze, so um, this is okay. A a nice reposado, like one of like the darker Mm -hmm. aged tres agaves. That's one of my favorite. But if you get a nice reposado... Try it with some cinnamon on an orange slice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've... I swear, that's that's some life-changing right there. But it's got to be good, smooth. Tequila gets us bad rep, yep. and it's the cliche of every person. Oh, I threw up on it once in college. And No, drink a good tequila, man. I, I'm telling you, if it, that shit yeah. that you got drunk off in college, a good tequila is not the same thing. Right. And try right. to avoid... Oh, man, I'm going soapboxy already. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, try to avoid, there's this big fucking celebrity tequila kick right now. Yeah. Where all these celebrities are coming out with tequilas. Man, just go to the real tequila makers. That that Sammy Hagar crap that's been around for what a Cabo Cabo Wabo. I'm not a huge fan. The Breaking Bad dudes have their own tequila now, and George Clooney sold his for like $900 billion. That was sarcastic. I mean, there are actually people in Mexico that have been making this beautiful stuff for years and years and years so buy their stuff instead and then we can go into mezcal because that's a whole nother all right i just thought of a new idea for episodes we just pick a type of booze 
and then we discuss what music goes best with that Ooh, type of booze. I like that because I and I know you do this too. You can pair music with with drinks just like you can food. Hell yeah, you can. We're going to start talking about our favorite bands. We're just going to give everybody a feel of our tastes. We've, we've talked about what we're drinking tonight. Hopefully this doesn't go too off the rails, or hopefully it does. I, you know, I don't know what you people are looking for in us. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be right back. We are... So, um, I'm going to actually, and I swear to all that is holy that I just thought of this. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to drop one on you. I'm going to sur- go. surprise you with a question. Sven and I have known each other for so long musically that this is hard to do. But can you take a guess on a favorite band of mine? A favorite. This is going to be kind of an honor system that you know that we haven't necessarily talked about before. Ooh. For example, Interpol. I've got the Interpol uh-huh. vinyl behind I me. I've shirt. got the shirt. Sven and I have, I'm sure, talked about Interpol before, way back in the day when we were listening to music together. So something like that doesn't count. This was supposed to be like the fun, easy episode, and now <laughs> I feel like this is like pop quiz. Okay, I'm going to guess one right now. Sven, I'm going to guess one that we haven't really talked about before. I'm going to go with Foo Fighters. (laughs) That we've not (laughs) talked about ever, ever. Um, And just like that, Foo Fighters has officially been talked about in six of our eight episodes. It's, you know, Uh, I really have, I've learned a lot. For those of you that want to start following Sven's on his social media, particularly his Facebook, he, like every single morning, he shows the world what album he's waking up his household to mm-hmm. and it's really cool and it's very very fucking random God, this morning i had barbara streisand right boz skaggs and then i'll go Foo it's Fighters, very random but go... it's a deep look into why you have such a wide range of your mu- musicianship because you man you listen to a lot of stuff and this all goes back to um like some of the things I said back when we were talking with Evil mm-hmm. on, on our 1997 um, episode, where back then I was, as a teenager, I was very, there were certain entire genres I just skipped over, wouldn't even give it a try, yeah. right? Somewhere in my 20s, I, I realized that I was missing out on so much stuff, because obviously there's there's a huge fan base for all sorts of music. Honestly, I was a lot more open-minded when we were younger when we were in high school and, and, and getting out of high school and I was really trying to drive to be a better musician or a more well-rounded musician, I, w- I was listening to j- everything I could get my hands on. I mean, I'm starting to now again because A, we're doing this podcast and B, we possibly have some other musical things going on mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Like I said, it's a conscious effort because I, I feel like if I would have been more open-minded when we were younger, I probably would have absorbed a lot more of all the good parts of everything I'm listening to now. So anyway, we went off topic. How crazy is that? That's just because I'm trying to avoid trying to pick a band. So it came um, to my head. I'll, I'll ramble on while you think it came to my head while you were talking about the different genres and the how well broadened your horizons are what popped in my head just because of the whole 
not necessarily experimental, but the musicianship and the kind of talent plus unique songwriting feel. ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, popped nice. in my head. So I'm just randomly calling Classic. out that that's a favorite band of yours. I do appreciate some ELO. Top 20, I'd say for sure in the top 20. Wow, really? Maybe. Electric Light Orchestra? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm considering that a fucking win then, because top 20 is... Top 20 is pretty good. Yeah. You know what? Quit stalling, man. Tell me what... Just give me a, a favorite of mine. Have we talked killers? We have never talked killers. Is, is that one that I could pick for you? Because I feel like... You can. That might be one that's at least somewhere in your favorite cloud of They're not bands. one of my favorite bands, but they have songs. If, if we ever got to a episode where we're talking favorite songs... Yeah. They'd have a couple on there. Okay. We half righted our, our little favorites thing. Sven, I'm just going to go to you right now. Do you have a favorite band of all time? No question. There's no mm, one and two. Mm, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Do you have a band that's this is my favorite no matter I what? Don't. Band? I don't. I, I, I wish I did because there's. You definitely seem like a multiple favorite bands sort of dude. Which is there are certain thing. times where I get really into one band, but it doesn't stick forever. So I will say that I do. It's Alice in Chains. They're just back in the past of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've talked about when you and I became musically aware, and it was around the. I hate calling it this, but it was around the grunge yeah. Seattle era. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking you were more of a Nirvana guy, and I was more of a right. Alice in Chains guy. I was so hardcore into Nirvana. Actually, you know what? <laughs> let's let's get into that, dude. How lucky were we to be in the position we were in at the age we were at for yeah. those types of bands to be coming out? Because Alice in Chains is a once in a lifetime band. I don't care if you're a fan of them or not. They... Yeah, I was always jealous for. You mentioned I was way into Nirvana. The the one thing that I always kind of felt like, damn it, I mm-hmm. I really got into the wrong band. Not really. I don't really think that, but but like the other ones obviously had some stay power because yeah. all their members lived. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, Alice in Chains and Nirvana are pretty parallel in the I think Alice in Chains has one more album than Nirvana if you're really talking about full LP yeah. albums. I mean, you know, Lane didn't die till far after Cobain, but Lane was dead. Like Nirvana, like Nevermind, right? Their breakout album, 94. I was 11 Never, years old. Nevermind? What is what is Nervana Nevermind? I'm kidding. It, it, it like it put <laughs> You know, after that there was In Utero, I mean, Unplugged in New York. Like those were the ones that really came out after I was old enough to appreciate. So I was like appreciating a lot of stuff that was really released before I really got into the band. The more I got into that band, the further away that band actually was Mm -hmm. from me. It was kind of weird. This is just another illustration of how close-minded I was at that age. Um, Because of Nirvana, I did not listen to Pearl Jam. And I love Pearl Jam now. I love listening to Pearl Jam now. But back then... There was, I can't remember the book, there was one book, and they were interviewing Kurt, or Courtney, I think it was, mm-hmm. and there was there was this, this story in there, this fight between Kurt Cobain and Eddie Vedder, and as a 
teenager, I picked Kurt Side. You're one year younger than me, which A, I'll say that actually makes a lot of difference in these years. In those years, yeah. And B, where your dad was a pastor, my dad was passing this shit to me. So I think I had a little more... I knew of the stuff a little bit more than you yeah. at that age. And I was really, really, really into, and still to this day, fucking love Mother Love Bone, who, if, for any of those of you that don't know, Mother Love Bone, Pearl Jam is Mother Love Bone mm-hmm. with Eddie Vedder instead of Andrew Wood. Andrew Wood, Mother Love Bone was this massive Seattle band that was coming up with this amazing frontman Andrew Wood, and they were supposed to be right. the next thing. And then Andrew Wood OD'd, and Eddie Vedder stepped in, and they became this whole new thing because Eddie Vedder and Andrew Wood were just completely different sounds, and and it just completely changed the sound. And there were guys like me that I still, to this day, don't think I have ever really fully D- yeah. accepted Pearl Jam. I respect Pearl Jam, but... My love for Mother Love Bone has really just kept me from ever really liking Pearl Jam. Very so I think much. we both have some like mm-hmm. weird ways that we avoided that <laughs> that band. While we're on the like the whole Seattle topic, there was also Soundgarden. Which yes, who I've always loved. I've always loved a little bit, and more recently loved a lot more. It was another one of those. I think it wasn't till I was closer to like eighteen, nineteen years old that I really started loving. Soundgarden yeah. a whole lot more. I think um, there were two different fields of thought or people in the whole grunge era. There was the post-punk, the mud honey, Nirvana, uh-huh. and then there was the metal side of of the grunge. I'm glad you brought up mud honey because yeah. that was kind of one of those. I didn't find mud honey except through Nirvana, so it was kind of a backwards. Because people our age were finding. Mud Honey through Nirvana when anybody that knew music before us would have found Nirvana through Mud through Honey. Through Mud Honey, yeah. exactly. Because they started the whole yeah. fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And unless you want to go farther back and start talking about like the Pixies, which we can... Which we, actually, you know, we can... Is, we, is yeah. in one of my... Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite bands right there. Me too. We're, oh my God, this, this is just a rabbit hole that will never end. No, but it, to me, it speaks yeah. to the songwriting of that era. It was a turnover of the times, too, because we were coming out of the fucking late 80s where everything was yeah. like White Snake Warrant, you know, She's My Cherry yeah. Pie, women. And it's kind of the same thing that's happening in rap right now. You go through these years of t- just right. everybody's talking about women and I'm rich and let's party. And then all of a sudden, the social element, the people get fucking sick of it. And they're like, no, why aren't we talking about the social issues? And then after a while of that, they're like, dude, okay, yeah, we're we're all depressed. We fucking get it. Let's just party a little bit. And I think it's this ongoing cycle. But obviously the much, much, much better music is going to be written during the serious oh, thought yeah. process yeah. times. You know what I mean? And speaking of social issues like that, that actually reminded me of, of like one of my other favorite bands. Rage. Of Against the Machine. <laughs> That's right. Kind of the kings of social issues. That, um, I mean, there's Bob Dylan and 
And but there was no subversion with rage. Rage was so. Bob from, Dylan was like poetic about it. Yes, like, exactly. There were rappers that were doing it, which which kudos to fucking hip hop. But there was not a rock band that rolling wasn't, down Rodeo with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Right? If you don't know how that line ends, go ahead and look it up. But <laughs> <laughs> I gave half of okay, it away. Okay, so uh, let's talk about this now because this actually has to do with rage. When it comes to favorite bands. What do you think is more important? It's kind of almost a, a quantity over quality or vice versa so, sort of thing. Because there are bands like Weezer. They've uh-huh. come out with 12 albums. They have, let's just say they have fucking 130 songs. And I love 20 of them. Right. But I really don't like a lot of them. I, I've always been more of the, the quality. I guess you call it the quality. If we're going to... I knew the answer before I asked. Oh. Yeah. I feel... I... <laughs> I feel like there's still, I don't know if there's not a magic ratio, there's not a magic number, but at a certain point, it's like, okay. I agree with you. I much, much, much prefer a band that came out with three albums that were fucking amazing over a band that's come out with 13 albums where I liked 30 of their songs. I mean, I, I've got some good examples, I think, on both ends, and I'd probably get flack for some some examples. Give an example that will give you flack because it's a podcast and we need drama. You need drama. Beatles. Oh my God. Never mind. Never mind. Cut it. Edit out, out, David. Do we want to get down into <laughs> like, okay, I will say, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Beatles wrote some tremendous music, but I can't say their entire catalog is on my favorite list. Not every Beatles song on every Beatles album is my favorite. Like, I don't know. I still I still don't really get into I Am The Walrus. It's an awesome song, oh, I guess. Fuck you, Sven. Yeah, I know. I'm See? quitting this podcast. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't like it. God, it's I love that It's just not my song. favorite. It's fucking insane to me that you don't love that song. It's like it's orchestral. It's odd. There's kind of weird sub harmonies and shit. And I like in the it. rest of that album. There's, I love that record. I am the Walrus is the one you I, don't like don't off know. that album. Right. I don't know if we can do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that took some balls to say though. Oh, my God. If this ever re- reaches fifty thousand people, I feel like there's at least like forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of them that want to kick my ass right now. It's it's not like you thrashed like yesterday <laughs> or. Let me talk about yesterday. What, what are you going to say? No, I'm just joking. I, I, I absolutely love Dude, that song. Uh, Boys to Men Especially did it when Boys to Men covered it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Beatles, when I say that I don't love their entire catalog, they're not an example of like bands that had three songs that I think are great, and that's why I like to be. No, they had tons. Yeah. I, I can't count them all. Let's get the Beatles out of the way right now. Um, some things are cliche for a reason. The Beatles will always be a favorite at least in some regard for musicians i I have a question a very serious question for you okay out of the the beatles i mean that's like a few decades Mm -hmm. worth of them making music do you lean more to one end or the other of that time period i I don't is there the magical because you know i'll say i mean i know that we're gonna dissect the beatles some days but it's it's not like it's gonna fucking i'm gonna ruin anything if i say you know what my two favorite beatles songs of all time are tell me they are i want to hold your hand early 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 super simple beatles and while my guitar gently weeps which is Ooh. way later on white album like those are my two favorite beatles songs i i have no opinion on which one was better i love late and early beatles 
Sven didn't even like him. Oh, <laughs> I'm really going to get the hate. We could do f- a, a fucking season on the Beatles, so we're not going to do that. Yeah. Let's go into older bands then. Do you have any favorite bands of all time from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s? We, we kind of already touched on one of them. Yeah, we, we touched definitely on the Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix Experience. The God, the, the musical God. I learned to play electric guitar. By putting on the Woodstock performance of theirs. That album did not leave my CD player until I could play along with Jimmy on the whole set. A lot of people crown Jimi Hendrix as this rock god. He was a blues god. Blues is pretty forgiving. You're only one fret away from the right note. If you, We're talking old bands. Cream. Oh, Eric Clapton Cream. is another one of the people mm. that can do that. I agree. The Clapton, the Beck... That genre bled into or was the kickstart to the next genre, which has one of my favorite bands of all time in it, The Police. Ah. We can have a quick talk about Sting and whatever the fuck he decided to go do, but man, you find me a better three-man band than Sting, Stuart Copeland, and Andy Summers. I feel like I have to take a drink just because the song that popped into my head. And, and- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Copeland as a drummer, I think a lot of drummers today still look up to Stuart Copeland. There's bands now that I think directly are still connected, still tied to that. One of my favorite bands is the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Susan Tedeschi and Derek Trucks. And he's a slide guitar player that plays slide guitar mm-hmm. like nobody's business. He's, he's, he's hard to beat. Love that. Let's go into... Seeing that we're musicians, there are bands that you are oh, going geez. to obsess over because of musicianship. And I see where we're going. With so this. let's just touch on it now. A time ago, once we were high schoolers, Dave Matthews Band. Who? Dave Matthews. I will say uh, Dave Matthews Band is not one of my favorites now, but there was a very long extended period of my life where they were my favorite uh-huh. band. They were thanks to people like you. Brent Berg. Yeah. That was the thing. There was people that were so obsessed with Dave Matthews Band that I had to figure out why they were so obsessed. Live at Red Rocks, I think, was the one that changed my mind. So good. About the Dave Matthews Band. Um, not to mention that all of a sudden you got like what I consider one of the greatest drummers in the world. I'm going to have to edit a lot of this out because honestly, we're going to talk about Carter Beaufort for like a, a fucking hour when we do a drum episode. That's just a tiny little taste of one musician for a band who has so many outstanding musicians. Yeah. Dave Matthews Band is just one of our favorites. And even though it's honestly, their their style is a little tired for me, it's still one of our favorites. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. We will be <laughs> right back. All right, we are back. Let's keep going. Sven, is there a, a major, 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 major favorite of yours that we haven't talked about yet? Ooh. Because there's a, there's a couple of mine. Yeah, I think I've got a couple that... Actually, I'm not even sure that we've ever talked about. I'm not even sure how you feel about um, Sublime. Oh, okay. And Bradley Noel. Like I need to at least throw that band out there. Not because fantastic musicianship or anything like that. He could play the guitar like a motherfucking Raya, whatever that meant. (laughs) 
<laughs> there's there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about like the whole white boy reggae thing. Yeah, but they they did a great job of finding their own. And it was thing. kind of punk rock too. I like it. it. Was, I like it. You know, there's another band that that that's on my favorite list that I I think you like, but I'm not sure how much you like. But Corn was a huge band for me. How do you feel about Corn? God, you know, catching me off guard because I hadn't even thought about them. Here's the thing about Corn, and this is why they'll always have an incredibly special place in my heart. There are very few albums I remember the exact mm-hmm. moment that I heard them for the first time. There's always going to be a soft spot for people like us for a band that pioneers something. It's rare. Corn pioneered not just a not just a thing, but a, a massive thing, and they did it well. And yeah, even though it was emulated shittily, and it kind of it led to a lot of crap. Oh God! But you can't you can't hold that against corn. All right, let's keep going. Let's. I'm just gonna. It, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. We're not we're not <laughs> genre to genre, year to year, anything. I had to really sit down and dissect between Alice in Chains and this other band, which one is my favorite because. I do have another deep, deep, deep favorite in The Strokes. Uh-huh. The only reason that I like them less than Alice in Chains is because they've had some problems with their record label to where I honestly don't think they would have ever come out with anything beyond their first couple albums, but they were contractually obligated, so they had to. Do you need to send me a Strokes album from one of our reviews? Because I know of the Strokes. Anything that's that's made it mainstream, but I feel like I need to dig in further. And then to go along with the post-punkness, and, and I think we already touched on it, I've got the album right here, I've got the t-shirt on. I'm a very, very big Interpol fan. I've, I've always loved Interpol. I, I've always been a, a big sucker for the kind of the post-punk uh what do you what are you drinking there uh, back to the pelican here that you are you drinking took your hat off. you are drinking beak breaker by pelican it's, brewing company it's an you know what that is an incredible beer is what that is as far as ipas go this is awesome i did not realize when i cracked it open that it was nine percent alcohol so you're saying we got about 20 minutes before you are <laughs> blotto you know, we've gone over a lot of them leading the witness here. Are there any big obvious ones for you that we haven't touched yeah, on yet? I'm trying to think. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, does that count? I mean, that's got to count. That's a band. This one makes me... <laughs> fuck, man, I respect this guy. <laughs> Who has the balls to say Trans-Siberian Orchestra? And you're not wrong. Like, they are badass. They are. There's an awesome lineup there. And they're killer. The, I mean, my beef with them is it's the same show every single year for the last 10 yeah. years. I'm going to talk about a favorite of mine that is random and that has not been brought up yet. Folk band out of Canada. Ooh. I have a deep, deep love for the Crash Test Dummies. Crashed? It, mm-hmm. So when you bring up Crash Test yeah. Dummies to anyone, that is the song they're going to bring up. But... I tell you, my friends, they have volumes of music, especially if you are a a folk lover. How do you feel about Old Crow Medicine Show? I do like them. They got the the one song that got huge that then Darius Rucker covered and ruined and, I mean, um, made more famous. Holy wanna be here! 
Old Crow Medicine Show, they have a lot of songs that I got really into bluegrass for a while. So they were one of the ones that were like on that folk bluegrass. Do you have any bands that are out now that are... I'll tell you one that we haven't talked about that is definitely one of mine. Dealt with them a ton when we were a band. Muse. Yeah! Kind of gone off the rails a bit with some of their stuff. And they're definitely starting to be the whatever is popular at the time we're going to play. But... Man, I love that band. Chris freaking yeah. Wolstein. Wolf. Their bass player is freaking awesome. Not just talent wise, but the sound that I'm he... like, what the fuck is this guy doing on bass? Because it sounds like it's two bass players. He splits his signal and does some crazy stuff, runs one through one effect loop. It's And then on top of that, he's just a a great instrumental production quality and the the sounds that they have figured out how to make out of a three-man band is yeah it's it's insane yeah yeah oh, one last one though while we're talking bass players uh primus oh yeah it was one of those bands that yeah i think it was obviously led and influenced and it was kind of claypool's vision primus was his thing yeah uh but it was a band yep i will never drink like a 40 ounce beverage <laughs> at the beginning of this ever again <laughs> And then once again, we have gone through an episode where there was no business uh, completely ignoring, and yet we still have because it's one of my favorites, Radiohead. It's funny because we talked about the year 97, which is when OK Computer came out, and I think we all just figured, look, OK Computer's just there. Yeah. Like everybody just knows it. And we basically just didn't touch on it I think, at I think all. We, yeah. Now we've done the same thing because Radiohead is probably top five favorite bands of all time. And and uh, with that, unless we've got any glaring omissions that you can think of, Sven, I think we've covered we've covered quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure there's some favorites that we're gonna we're gonna wake up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. and be like, oh shit, how did we miss that one? But fish, we didn't talk about fish. That actually does surprise me because you are uh, you're a big I fish, fish head. head. Um yeah, and I used to want to sound like Trey. So, for those of you that ask, that's it. That's just done. That's a discussion on our favorite bands. It's it's the obvious ones. It's the odd ones. It was a nightmare for David, who needs outlines and had none. <laughs> it was a dream for Sven, Just goes who hates outlines and had none. Come back. Next episode is going to be... God, I'm so stoked yes. for the next episode. It's our first real official interview. We've got a... I don't even know how this happened. And I'm this sentence that I'm saying now is just unbelievable. We've basically got a shanty sensation Ooh. coming up next week. We're going to have a few drinks with Bobby Waters and shoot the shit. Figure out what it's like to be a TikTok sensation. And I'm I'm so excited. Go to our website, versecourseverse.com. Go to our Instagram, at versecourseversepod. We're on Facebook. We're on everything. Review, like, all the things that people are supposed to do. Thank you so much to everybody that's been contacting us, talking to us about these episodes. It means the world to us. When we're doing an episode about bands we like because people ask, us about bands we like that's i mean 
fuck, Sven, how yeah. cool is that? That's, that's you know. pretty awesome. Sven, as always, it's great to see you. I love the Bruce Lee hat and the Star Wars shirt. Love you. Love the listeners. Love everybody. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Oh.